Let's all stand. In the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beauty for sure in the Sing it together now in the sweet. Oh, in the sweet, in the sweet, by and by, we shall meet on that beauty for sure. One more time. Oh, in the sweet by and by, 
Let's pray. Oh, Father, I love you, Lord. Lord, such precious, exceeding promises. As we dwell in this land, Father, here in these carnal bodies, how we try to grasp and fathom the beauty that waits us. But Lord, you give us an earnest of our inheritance that gives us a taste of that heavenly kingdom to come. And Lord, we thank you for that. And Lord, we hunger and thirst for more. I pray for this congregation, those that are streaming, Father. Move all the obstacles away and help us to receive what you have for us, Father. Lord, we love you. We just hunger and thirst in this evening. Lord, the needs in the heart, the needs in the body, I lift them up to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't know them, they haven't been spoken, but Lord, you know each and every one. May we speak with faith and confidence, Father, and gratefulness for what you've done and going to do. Bless the service, bless the ministering of your word, Father. As we collect the tithes and offerings, Father, bless the cheerful giver this evening. It is so good to be in your presence, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. Amen. Give me the key of D. Amen. I keep falling in love with him over and over.
To the 
us the song. You may be seated. Amen. Let's give Sister Emily a hand. the stars one and all he knows how much sand is on the shore sees every sparrow that falls he made the mountains and the seas he's in control of everything of all creatures great and small he knows my name every step that i take every move that i make every tear that i cry he knows my name when i'm overwhelmed by the pain can't see the light of day i know tomorrow may bring I can't tell you what's in store I don't know a lot of things I don't have all the answers to the questions of life but I know This is my desire, man, to honor you. Amen. Take a few minutes to worship. Amen. This is my desire to honor. Is in 
my desire. Saying this is my desire to Moments like these, 
you certainly good to be here in the house of the Lord if you have your Bible let's go to the book of Galatians chapter 3 Galatians chapter 3 we just want to uh, go straight to the scripture amen here tonight <clears throat> just have something upon our heart 
We just sent a uh, PowerPoint uh, back uh, to you if you want to have that just ready. Let's look at Galatians chapter 3, and we'll just be uh, read three verses and then have you be seated. Amen. Got a, just a lot on our, on our plate tonight and just trusting the Lord would <clears throat> say what He wants to say. And I could just get myself out of the way and that everyone here tonight, amen, and those online listening could just uh, ask the Lord Jesus to speak to them yes. and say, Lord, would you come and speak to me? Say what you want to say. Amen. amen. I believe the Lord can do that. I'd like to speak to you on anointed, anointed by the supernatural. That's my title tonight. Galatians 3, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only what I learn of you received, notice the text here, received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit and you now made perfect by the flesh? Let's read that verse 3 one more time. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? 2 Kings chapter 2, quickly, and we'll have you be seated. I'm not sure I'll get to this text, but I just wanted to make sure we read it so I wouldn't have to cover it once we're going, if the Lord decides to lead us this way. And it came to pass, 2 Kings 2, 1, and it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah, Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elisha said unto Elisha, Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. Lord, we give you thanks for the reading of your word tonight, believing, Lord, that you're in control of all things, Lord. I just now, Lord, feel your spirit. Lord, as the, the worship that we were singing, Lord, was creating an atmosphere, Lord, where we invite you and you could take your abode, Lord, and you could come and speak to us. Yes. Now, Lord, I pray that you would do that tonight, Lord, for every person that's here, those, Lord, that are streaming tonight, Lord, maybe couldn't make it. Lord, I pray that you would just be close to us right now, Father. Lord, as the words that we want to speak tonight, Lord, we believe are given and the inspiration has been given by you. So, Lord, I pray that you would just come and anoint your word, Father, to the, faith, to the heart of the believer. May they receive it by supernatural faith. Lord, I pray that you'd grant it tonight in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. Amen for all the music. <clears throat> if you have that my slides, you could uh, display that. That'd be good. Anointed by the supernatural. And I, I've got quite a few of these uh, up here, so I want to make sure that we get them, make sure we have them up on display for everyone to be able to read them. And I'm not going to be able to get to everything the Lord has uh, laid upon my heart, but I just want to uh, be sensitive to what he wants to speak here tonight. Brother Branham says this in the message, Why Christ Speak? And this is this, the Lord has placed this so strong upon my heart. Uh, just over the past few days since Brother Diggs spoke on Sunday, and I've just listened to it several times, five or six, maybe more times now. And I just want to draw something from this man, Moses, as you hear, Brother Branham, we only just selected a few quotes, 
But the prophet begins to talk about Moses, how that he had received this anointing in his life. He had received a commission. And, and he says here in the message, Why Christ Speak, he says, May the Holy Spirit teach us today the things that we ought to know. And may we then, do we have that? Brothers, make sure the audience is selected. I want to make sure we get this on the screen. Uh, I'm just going to keep reading until they get it here. May the Holy Spirit teach us today the things we ought to know. May we then in return listen closely to every word. And, and he says, he says uh, to weigh it deeply. And then may we, those who are listening by the way of tape, may they listen close and may we be able to catch what the Holy Spirit is trying to reveal to us. So he's sense, be sensitive here. Be, be awake, be aware, be attentive. May we not miss it. May we catch what the Holy Spirit is trying to reveal to us. For we realize if he should anoint us, then the anointing is not in vain. It's for a purpose. Now I'm preaching to you an anointed by the supernatural. So we don't want to use this Pentecostal charismatic, I would call it, word that's a buzzword in charismatic movements of the anointing. And you find almost every title of sermons and, and things that they give is the anointing, the anointing, the anointing. And sometimes people don't even know what that means. It's just a fuzzy feeling or something that feels good to say, I'm anointed. But really there's a, there's a, there's a biblical meaning and the prophet spoke a lot about what an anointing, uh, it, what, an, what anointing means. It's not just a fancy word or a funny feeling or a fuzzy feeling that you feel come over your body. But in the Bible, when a man was anointed, it was an oil that God poured over in it. And as the Bible speaks of, 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 of David, when David is anointed by the, the prophet Samuel and how it flowed from David's head and it flowed down his beard and dropped down to his garments all the way down to his feet, what he was, it was a symbol that God was equipping or God was going to take his purpose and pour it into the life of a man. And then that man would come under the anointing of God's purpose and do the job. So an anointing was always for a specific purpose. It wasn't just given uh, to everybody. Not everybody had the anointing to be king and to... Uh, as David did, except David, because David had received that anointing. Not everyone had the anointing that the, uh, that, that the Hebrew children had. There was an anointing that came upon their life, and it was to accomplish a specific purpose. So Brother Brandon would say, may the Holy Spirit teach us. May we be sensitive. May we listen close. May we be able to catch what the Holy Spirit is trying to reveal to us. I just uh, I table searched this today and I thought it was just incredible if you table search the exact phrase, don't miss it. And you hear how many times Brother Branham uh, throughout, whether it was a sermon or through a prayer line, he would make this statement, don't miss it. Make sure you don't miss it. And, and, and I was just going through all the way. Just, I always usually start from 65 and then move on back to see how many times did Brother Branham say this. 
and it was, Brother Branham would have some important something to say or the angel of the Lord in a prayer line and he would say, oh sister, don't miss it. Oh brother, don't miss it. Don't miss the, the spirit of the Lord is trying to speak to you and that's a special thing when God tries to speak. It's a special thing when the Lord is trying to give you something or trying to say something to you and I just I feel it so quickened upon my heart when I was there uh, this afternoon in prayer and the Lord just was saying to say to the church here tonight don't miss it don't miss what the Lord is trying to do don't miss what God is trying to say to to say as the brother Branham said I could just raise my hand and say Lord uh, let me be attentive let me listen closely let me weigh it deeply Lord what you're trying to speak to me in my life because I believe the Lord is trying to say something this is a time a special time Not just any other age, not just any other day, but there's a special time and a special people who has to receive an anointing. And that anointing is something God's given them for a purpose. Listen to what he says here. He says it's for a purpose that it might work to the good. He says that might work to the good to the Lord and may our hearts and understanding be open, Lord. He begins to talk about Moses and he talks about the man Moses and how that God had put so much inside of him. Listen to what he says in the next slide. And he knows how to do these things and how to deal with man. He knows what's in man. Let me say this. You may think you know what's inside of you, but you really don't. Only God knows what he's really put inside of you. Because nothing of who you really are is anything that you've ever accomplished or done in life. Who you really are is who God said you were before you ever took a first action or a first breath or thought your first thought. God knows what he put inside of you. And so Brother Branham says he knows what's in man. He knows knows him. We don't. We only know from the intellectual side. We only know from the intellectual side, whether it's academic or maybe you're just a a smart person and you think that, Brother Branham says there's a side of that. Moses knew who he was by reading the word of God. And that's what the prophet says. He said he's seen how that God's family would have to sojourn in the land of Egypt for 400 years. And Brother Branham says now intellectually he could see that. He could see that there would, there would, that, that God's people would sojourn for 400 years and then there would come a deliverer and they would be freed. And Brother Branham says Moses even recognized this about his own ministry, about himself. Listen. He says here, and he says Moses was born in this world and a gifted boy. The next slide. And he was born to be a prophet. A deliverer. He was born with the equipment born in him. I want you to catch that. He was born with the equipment born in him. It was already there. So how was Moses going to perform the the miracle that God was requiring? He didn't need to look somewhere else. He didn't need to look down the road. What he needed was already inside of him. I hope you catch it tonight. Stop looking for your answer outside. It's laying down inside of the seed God put inside of your life. What has to happen is that seed that God has placed, the equipment that God has placed inside of you has to be anointed. He was born with it. As every man comes into this world is born with this equipment. Next slide. Moses born, then he was afterwards. He was brought the place where he was anointed. The next slide. 
to the place where he was anointed. So there was a transition. Something took place in his life. There was a time where intellectually he knew it. And what did it produce? A dead Egyptian. Right? That's what, that's what the Bible says, what Brother Brandon tells us. All of his intellectual, of his mom and daddy teaching him. That's what Brother Branham says. I dramatized it to the kids about Jochebed. And he said, I was trying to get them to understand. They would sit Moses down every night. They would read him the scrolls. They would, they would, they were doing, they were doing their job as parents. They were sowing the seed of the word into the little heart of Moses. You know, that's what, that's what parents, that's what we are, our job is to do. And we can't save them. We can't fill them with the Holy Ghost. So what do we do? Throw up our hands? No, we, we sow the seed. And we put confidence that if we sow the word in them, Amen. that it doesn't matter what I am or what mom is or what you do or what, what happens in life. If you sow the seed, all it takes is the light to flash across that seed and it'll come to life. So he says they, they sowed the seed down inside Moses' little heart. And he said, and he knew it from the time he was born. You were a special child. Moses, you were a proper child. What did Brother Brandon mean when he says that? He, he says you were different than all the other little kitties. You were different than everybody. You, you didn't think the same as the rest of the teenagers that you were around. You were different, Moses. You've been, in, you've been called to, a, to be a deliverer. You were, you were called. And God said, and God, Brother Brandon says, and God placed the equipment inside of him when he was born. He goes further and says he placed the seed of God inside of Moses. So he knew it. He was not only equipped with the gift, but he was told by his parents. He was taught by his church. He was taught by the people. He was ministered to. He was preached to. And he intellectually had absorbed all of that. Yet, what did it produce? A dead Egyptian. He had all of the word, all of the ingredients of the word. He had all of the teaching, good parents, good raising, taught him the truth. And he says it was an intellectual conception. Notice this. He says, Moses, he was born afterwards. He was brought to the place where he was anointed. And notice the seed laying there with an intellectual conception. The seed laying there with an intellectual conception, with all the faith that he was born to deliver this people. And yet, it never come to life. Until that light from the burning bush flashed across it. Notice, until he seen, not something he read about, but something he seen with his eyes. Something that spoke to him, and he spoke back to it. Oh, my brother, my sister, we got to say, Lord, give me an experience where I speak and it speaks back. Or it's not something I just read about, but something I have an experience, a living reality. That burning bush experience. He says, oh, how that did bring things to life. I think any man, listen to this, next slide. I think any man, or woman, boy, or girl, I think in an intellectual conception of what they think the word is and so forth, never can have, I, I want to just stop here and say this for a minute because we use these terms. Paul's that if you could mute that for a second. Uh, you just press the, I think it's the B, the button B. It it'll, should mute it. Um, that's, that, if, you can, if you can, that's good. Just find a way. Thank you. I don't want people reading ahead of me. 
I got to be careful because we use this word intellectual conception and we're not talking about that's there's there's a context in when that's we're saying that in a negative way. But this is not in a negative way. It wasn't that his parents had done anything negative by intellectually filling his mind with the word. And it's, there's nothing wrong. Listen to me, young people here tonight, here tonight. You're taught the word of God. And there's a, there's a point in all of our life where we receive the, all of us here today. No matter where we are in the family of God, if we're born of the Holy Ghost or not, whatever stage you're at, even if God's done a work in your life and he started to work on your, in your life. Listen, an intellectual understanding is all Moses had. And it was given to him by his parents. Notice he says, I think any man or woman, boy or girl, intellectual conception, put it back up please, what they think the word is and so forth, never can have a full foundation stand until they have met that light that brings the word to a reality. Mama can't do that. Daddy can't do that. Pastor can't do that. Sitting in church can't do that. Being around God's family, it's wonderful. Being in the fellowship of the saints of God, it's wonderful. But you've got to meet the burning bush for yourself. You've got to know that you know that you know that you've you've met the burning bush and the burning bush has spoken to you and you've spoken back. And he says, he says, that brings the word to a reality. Next slide. Now, hundreds and hundreds of years before Notice, he says, hundreds and hundreds of years before, God had said that Israel would sojourn. I think I missed a, a slide. I want to make sure that I have it. If I, if I don't, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just stop because I felt so led of the Lord to, uh, to read this. Yes, it is, it's further. Good. Thank you, Lord. Now, hundreds and hundreds of years, let me find my place, before God had said that Israel would sojourn and be mistreated in a strange country and would stay there 400 years, but God with a mighty hand would bring them out. So you see, with this burning bush, just as we know now, sorry for the small text, as a man asked me a few moments ago about the coming and the rapture, notice where he goes to immediately. He's saying Moses had read the word, he had, he, had, he had been told the word. And he says, Brother Man, and then goes straight over and he says, just as we know now. And a man asked me a few minutes ago about the coming and the rapture. We know. We've lived. We know intellectually. We've lived the time out. At the time of the rapture is at hand. And we're looking. We're looking. We're expecting. We're not just sitting down waiting. We're looking, we're expecting, we're moving towards something, we're reaching out. And he says, we're, we're, we're looking for a rapturing faith that can pull the church together and give it some supernatural strength that can change these bodies that we live in. I'm looking for that. When we see a God, notice, when we see a God that can raise the dead off the floor or out of the yard and bring him back to life again and present it before us, yeah. 
When we see a God who could take a cancer that's eat a man to a shadow and raise him up, we just witnessed that two, two weeks ago. A man sat right there where Mason's at, ate up with cancer, dying with cancer, and God delivered him of that cancer. And he stood before the whole church and testified, showing a PET scan full of cancer and a PET scan completely cancer-free. When we see a man, a God can take a cancer that's eat a man to a shadow, raise him up to a strong, healthy man. That ought to give rapturing faith. That ought to give rapturing faith. Oh, come on, friends. When are we going to believe it? When are we just going to stop saying it, but actually accept it? That should give rapturing faith. Lord, give it to me tonight. The body of Christ will be quickly gathered together, changed in a moment, taken in the heavens. Yes, there's got to be something like that happen. Amen. If I could have just another two hours, I would preach and stop right here and just preach a different sermon I have. <laughs> he says there's got to something. He says, he says there's got to be something. This is what the prophet looked for, not just in the early stages, not just pre-seals. But after the seals, all the way down to two, I can show you just the, the, the communion service, leadership. Brother Branham saying, oh, I'm longing to see that supernatural God come and move amongst his people once again. I'm longing to see it. Brother Branham says that. He says, I'm longing to see the real living true God move amongst his family in a supernatural way. Not an intellectual way. Not just a preaching sermons, intellectual sermons, but a burning bush experience where we expect a supernatural God to come and make His Word live. This is what Brother Brandon was looking for before he passed away. To see that living God come and make His Word live. Not just take everything that he had preached and just go to seed and everybody camp down around doctrinal and this difference and teaching this and doctrine over it. This wasn't what was on Brother Branham's heart. He didn't have a heart to go establish schools of prophets and schools of theology and camps. And This wasn't on his heart. What was on his heart before he left the scene was to see that living God prove himself alive the same today, yesterday, and forever. That was the theme of his ministry until he breathed his last breath. Say, Brother Matt, Brother Matt why, is that, why is that so stir you up here tonight? Because there's got to be a transfer of that anointing. And there's got to be a transfer of that expectation. It wasn't just for a prophet. It was so, why did God give Hattie Wright her boys? So that you could have faith to ask for your children. Why did God give Brother Branham, why did God give, Ray, uh, uh, give Hattie Wright her sons? So that I could have faith for my family and my children and my lost loved ones. There had to be a transfer of that promise to the believer. I can't get sidetracked, so let's go. They've got to find, he says, they, they, they intellectual are right, but you've got, notice this, it's got to be something like that happened and our schools of theology can never produce that. Yet they intellectually are right, but you've got to meet that light. You've got to find that something. Amen. And here Moses, why Christ speak, basing his great call upon the word, and it was great, until one day he met this light and the very word itself spoke back to him. 
he wasn't just reading, but now what he was reading was now speaking. And Brother Branham says, then he got his anointing. That anointed what he had in him. That on the inside. The intellects that believed it. The faith that was based upon his belief in God. That separated him from his mother. And now, when he strikes in the presence of the light, it anointed that that he believed. So there's a difference in an intellectual belief in the message of the hour. And then when God strikes your heart and you meet the burning bush, and it's no longer Brother Branham's message, it's your message. It was no longer what happened. There had to be a transfer in Revelations to John, which was a type of the bride. It could, he couldn't just hear the, see the book. And, and the man, the, 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 the Bible says that John, the angel spoke and said, John said, give me the little book. And the angel said, come and take it. And eat it. What is he saying, young people? It's got to be more than mom's message and daddy's tapes that they play during the day. It's got to become your message. You've got to go and take the little book. And eat it and consume it. Oh, can I get an amen from this church? It's got to become ours, personally. He says, Moses know this intellectually. Listen. And he says, he says, Moses knew this intellectually, and the seed that was born in him was laying in his heart. And he tried through his intellectual experience with the word to try to bring them out to deliver them. Because he knew, knowed he was born for that purpose. He knew that. The time, the scriptures all said they had already been there 400 years. He knew it. Intellectually, he knew it. Brother Benham says, I think no church, listen to this. I think no church, this is profound, I could just read this and we could close. No matter how intellectual and fundamental it might be, that church cannot thrive until the supernatural is made known among the people. I want a thriving church. And I want to say, Lord, make the, we've already seen it, we've already witnessed it. He says, no church, no matter how intellectual, fundamental, until the supernatural is made known among that people and they see it. What does it take? It takes an expectation. It takes a dedication. We preached on it last time. It takes a desperation. Why does God bring trials? Why does he bring pressure? To produce supernatural desperation. And you start asking for things that weren't even in your heart. You start longing and thirsting for God when you didn't have a thirst for the Lord. You start hungering for His Word when it wasn't there. And what is what happens? God puts you through the God puts you through the tumbler. He puts you in the pressure. He puts you in the fiery furnace. Why? Because it produces a hunger and a thirst and a desperation. That desperation. What does it produce? A dedication. To say, Lord, I want to see the living God moving among me, moving among my children, moving among my family, moving among my marriage, moving among my church, moving in our music, moving in our in the, in the, in the walls of the whole building of the whole church. I've got an expectation. I've got a desire, Lord. I want to be anointed by the supernatural. He says that church can't thrive until the supernatural is made known among the people. And they see it. Something, I love this. Something that they can talk to that will talk back to them. I want to see that. How many could say that by uplifted hand?
and say, I want a family that thrives. I want a home that thrives. I want teenagers and children that thrive. I want a church that thrives. So what am I looking for? I'm looking for the manifestation of the supernatural in my home, the supernatural in my mind, the supernatural at work, the supernatural every single day of my life. I'm expecting it, Lord. Now, Notice, we can preach the word, explain the word, but you have to receive the word. Oh, hallelujah. That's what sets it afire, brother. When you receive it, the revelation, something, notice, slips out of the unseen world. I hope you don't glaze over this. We can preach it, we can explain it, but you have to receive it. That's what sets the fire, brother. When you receive it, the revelation... Something slips out of the unseen world. Yonder comes rolling down through a mystical channel somewhere into your soul. That's a real new birth. That's not an intellectual dry-eyed confession. I've just accepted. I just believe it. I'm just a, I just accept the creed of the church. That's a real Holy Ghost branded experience when something supernatural slips out. Brother Branham says it slips out of the unseen world and it goes, comes rolling down through a mystical channel somewhere into your soul. That says, now I see it. Your eyes brighten, your lips that hung down straighten up and smile. Every muscle in your body seems to rejoice. I was testifying to a young person that just the other night. I said, you know, it's wonderful to see the work. It's very simple. It's a very simple thing. We make it so complicated. It's very simple. You know, we, we use terms. I just want to be closer to the Lord. And I, got, I want more of God in my life. I want God in my life. Listen, friends, it's very simple. There's works of God that God does in people's lives that are apart. And they've maybe never been born again of the Spirit of God. A work of God went into a donkey's mouth and it spoke. That was a work of the Holy Ghost. Doesn't mean the the donkey was born again. Doesn't mean the donkey has eternal life. Right? what, What is it? It's very simple. It's when you know that you know that you know that you have repented of your sins, that you have died. When you can say, it doesn't matter if mom don't go, if dad don't go, though none go with me, still I'll follow. There's a determination in your heart when you can say, I'm going to separate myself from all unbelief. I'm going to separate myself from everything that's unlike the Lord. Everything that's displeasing to Him. And when you really come with that desperation in your heart and you've repented of your sins... And you've really repented and forsaken. Real repentance means you've forsaken everything. That's why the Bible says he that's in Christ is a new. Focus on that word. Not reformed. Not remodeled. Not remodeled. It's new. It's not like the remodeling house. It's a, it's, a, it's a wrecking ball that comes and bulldozes your entire house, starts from the ground and builds you new. All things are, 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 are passed away. Behold, all things becometh new. When you've really, that germ is inside of your life has really been quickened, then it doesn't matter. There's no compromise. It doesn't matter what the world does. It doesn't matter what friends do. Doesn't matter what this brother does and this sister does, what family does. 
It comes down to a determination. I was testifying that to her last night. I said, when I was 16 years old, the Lord put a desire in my heart. I wanted to live for the Lord Jesus. I wanted to give my entire life to him. So you know what I did? I did that. I didn't make it complicated. I didn't try to work it up. I gave my life to the Lord Jesus. And I, I gave Him my heart. And I've never asked for it back. I've never turned back. I've never looked back. Why? There's nothing back there. I've separated myself. I've burned the bridges behind me. You say, Brother Matt, you were better than... So I wasn't any better than anybody else around me. But what was it? It wasn't just an emotional, oh, I just want to be close to God. I just want to have God in my life. It was saying, I don't want to be me anymore. I want to die out to myself. I want to leave me behind. I want to be born again by a supernatural birth. Brother Branham says, your eyes brighten, your lips, the hung nose straighten up and smile. Every muscle in your body seems to rejoice. Angelic, notice this here. Next slide here. He says, now, he says, angelic beings. Make sure I didn't miss that. Good. Angelic beings associate together. Amen. Oh, I hope you get that. That just dropped right down free. Look. If you've got the Holy Spirit in you, then you're a candidate for association with the unseen world and the supernatural. Did you hear me, friends? When the Holy Spirit comes into you, it opens an entire dimension that you never had access to before. And it's not just a dimension of devils and demons and depression and anxiety. Now there's a doorway open to joy and peace and love and harmony and health and and, and satisfaction. A dimension of angelic beings to come and anoint your life. Do you realize that, that angels come to send you an anointing? We're going to read here in a minute. Angels come as ministering spirits to you. No wonder people can't believe in those things. They've never come in contact. They've got nothing in here to believe with. But when the Holy Spirit comes into the heart, quickly he becomes then a twofold being. One of the earth to die and one of heaven to live. Amen. In his body, in his body, in your body. Brother Matt, when you received the Holy Ghost, you were just you were just free of all sin, no temptation. No, that's when the battle really began. Because I'm a twofold being now. And he says his body is still subject to death. But in his soul, he's passed from death unto life. In his body, he has his earthly contact with his five senses in his spirit. He has a, he says, and he has a contact with God through the Holy Ghost. And the angels of God visits them and speaks with them. And they're messengers sent from God to reveal and to bring messages from God to the individual. Oh, I say, let angels encamp about me. Let angels, let an angelic host surround me. Let them minister to me. I'm tired of the demons. I'm tired of the troubles. I'm tired of the depression. I want to open myself up. I want to close those channels. How many can say that? And I want to open up a supernatural expectation to say, Lord, I believe I can be anointed even if I don't feel like it here tonight. I might have came here to this church feeling dry as I could ever be, but I'm going to say, Lord, I believe I can be influenced by angels that can minister to me. It could anoint my faith. It's, notice, he says, then what have we got to be worried about? Jesus is here. 
His spirit is here. What happened just now? Brother Brandon, message faith, 1956. What happened just now? I went into another world. It's an unseen world. We become so conscious of looking at one another like this. But there's an unseen world. It's greater than anything you can see. And here's Christ. In this world, in this building, here are evil spirits and war. You might not have recognized that or realized that before. Stop reading the head. Listen. You come to church, you come to a battleground. Every, do you know that every time you open your mouth and say, my father, or whatever you say and address the Lord, you open a dynamic supernatural dimension into another world? When you open your mouth and you begin to pray, that's what spiritual warfare is. That's why Paul says we don't wrestle with flesh and blood against our principalities, but spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, put on the whole armor of God. What is it? It's a supernatural war. Brother Adam says, in this building right now. Notice, and just in the previous quote, he says, what happened just now? I stepped into another place. I stepped out. I, I moved into another dimension. I left this place. My body was still here. But I moved into another dimension. In this world, in this building, here are evil spirits and war. And Christians anointed. And the angels of God encamped about them, trying to energize them with faith. Do you know that when you go out into the world, there's not anything trying to energize, it's trying to de-energize you? And you've got, whether you can see it or not, in an unknown, unseen dimension, you've got every kind of stress and worry and trouble, and Satan will bombard you with it, whether it's sickness in the body or the mind. What's he trying to do? He's trying to take a Christian and sap them of their energy. He's trying to de-energize you. That's why in the, during the day, you should be playing the tape of a prophet, of the prophet. You should be playing a tape of Brother Branham. Why? It's going to energize your faith. You should be opening up the Bible and saying, Lord, I'm speaking. Speak back to me. What's it doing? It's energizing your faith. And so is God here and the angels. Right here in this building tonight is angels and war. But then there's God. There's demons and war and spiritual wickedness. And on this side over here, if you would receive it, there's the Lord Jesus himself and angels that are trying to energize your faith. Oh, we ought to be in expectation for that. We ought to be in expectation. What is the song leader doing when he's up here singing? He's not just performing. We don't have a performance. These musicians aren't performing. They do something mechanically and naturally. But what are they trying to do? They're trying to create an atmosphere. So that heaven can just be open just for a moment. So that joy can flood through the building. So that peace can come into your life. So that answers can come to your questions. So that strength can come to your weaknesses. And he says, so is God. So is angels. And someday it'll be just as much reality as television or anything else. Because the spirit will bring us into that immortal life. Then we'll understand. <laughs> someday, that Spirit of God that you're feeding right now, someday will bring you into that immortal life. You don't understand that right now. 
You just get a glimpse of it and pieces of it, and you have a connection to it. But one day, Brother Branham says, the Spirit will bring us in there fully into immortal life. Then we'll understand. Then we'll understand. Brother Branham says this. He says, Moses had to have his faith anointed. Forgive me just while I determine where, what direction we're going to go with this here tonight. Notice what Brother Branham says in the countdown. We read this last time. Now, the horse and buggy days was who? That was the end of the Lutheran age. See, horse and buggy, they believed in justification. God bringing the church from Romanism, Catholicism. He brought it into this first supernatural achievement that the just shall live by faith. That was the horse and buggy days. As they come from the horse and buggy days, that ended. Now, the next achievement man had in the way of transportation was the automobile. You notice the automobile increases all the time in its power. The end of the Wesley age brought in by spiritual achievement, sanctification, which means the church raised. That's an important word. She's moved up from a justified state to a sanctified state. Now we notice again, along came the Methodists with sanctification. There was many of those Methodists was actually sanctified. There's a lot of them that claim to know nothing about it. Listen, friends, just because you're part of something doesn't mean you partake of the something. Hello? Those Methodists were there in sanctification. Just because they were all under His message doesn't mean they were all sanctified. You can be part of a movement and part of a revival and part of an energy and part of a power and never partake of it yourself. Remember how we heard Brother John Andy speaking about that at youth camp, Brother Billy Paul, and his life had seen the angel, even seen the angel of the Lord, been there in the prayer lines, and yet was so close, yet so far. Some of those Methodists, he says, but some of them, I love this, Methodist church, the Methodist church taught sanctification. They said they got down and cried and got back up. Glory to God, I'm sanctified. And they went right on living like they always did. But some of those men and women was actually sanctified from the things of the world and lived a consecrated, set-aside life. Some of them didn't miss it. As Brother Branham says, don't miss it. That was the automobile age, which took in more horsepower. Automobile, the old T model was probably 15 or 20 horsepower. She had 15, 20 horses bottled up in a little engine like that. Sanctification. When science achieves something by the natural, God is achieving something by the spiritual. See, something's going on all the time. Then after the sanctified, notice what Brother Adam says, just the same as Henry Ford. And them done with the transportation of the old Model T Ford up the side of the horse. He moved on and above the horse day. Wesley moved on and above the Lutheran day. Then along come Pentecost. Next slide. And as science of the world was able to achieve an automobile motor, the Wright brothers that created or made, manufactured rather, the airplane, the flying machine was far above the car on the earth because he took to the air. Now the Wright brothers through their achievement was able to take science and pattern something here on earth to show that there was a great spiritual thing fixing to happen. Remember we preached on this. Every achievement of man is only a foreshadow of what God's doing, what he's doing in the natural. Man, God's doing in the supernatural. And he says he's moving on up. He's moving on up. And he says, they, he says it showed some great spiritual something fixing to happen. And when the Wright brothers was able, notice this wasn't these men, they, whether they realized it or not. It was an anointing, an intellect that God put upon the minds of men because he was needing to do something in the church. 
because he was needing to do something to his family. So what does he do? He allows, just like there's always been a way, a, a, a Cain and an Abel, a true and a false. And Brother Branham says they've always sought achievement. Cain's seed has always built cities. Uh, we're, 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 we're great uh, you know, builders of cities. Brother Branham says, what was it? They were always moving towards education, always moving towards science. But the further you go towards education and science, the further you get away from God. Amen. Hello? That's what Brother Branham said. And he says, notice here, they were, they, they were achieving something in the natural. But for those that didn't miss it, God was doing something in the supernatural. When the Wright brothers went to achieve that, get a man's feet off the ground, Pentecost fell and took to the air with a spiritual gift, with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He took to the air. Oh, hallelujah. Got his feet off the ground. He could swim around. Got up in the air. How far he was above the horse and buggy. How far he was above the automobile. He was up in the air. Amen. Brother Brennan says, what did it represent? It's no longer intellect. No longer theology. No longer Martin Luther. John Wesley was no longer a man anointing. But God was trying to get His church that He had restored to come off of the earthly and come up into the heavenly. Amen. And Brother Branham says, notice this, He was up in the air, He was knocking and puffing and banging, but He was flying. Wow. What man achieves on earth for they're made of things which do not appear? God was able to achieve something by a spirit-filled people who were sitting there with their arms crossed and looked like bumps on a pickle. Let's read it again. God was able to see something by spiritful people who were sitting there, didn't really care, just another Wednesday night, just another service. Brother Branham said, you know, here we are, 2022. What's going to happen next? No, it was people who were hungering and thirsty. And those that would stay with the word. If Wesley hadn't stepped out on the word and got a bad name behind him, it's called a crazy man and everything. He would have never been able to achieve it. Wesley was one of God's great scientists. Luther was one of God's great scientists. They didn't care what the church said, what the organization said. Luther didn't care what the Catholics said. He believed just to live by faith. Hallelujah, I love this. And he took the chem God's chemicals of the word and put it together and the church moved by faith. Amen. Wesley put it together by the blood and proved it by the blood and the church got sanctified. The Pentecostals believed that the baptism of the Holy Ghost at the promise. Next slide. He says that the promise is to you and your children and them that's far off. And they put the chemicals together out of the word and they moved into the air. Yes, amen. They weren't earthbound anymore. Everything looked different. Amen. The same earth that they had lived in, the same word, the same Bible that they had read. Now they got a different view of the world. You ever got up in an airplane? Everything looks so different. You say, man, I didn't even know that about Savannah. I didn't know that about Charleston. Never even knew when I was flying and landing on the airport. I was actually near the Talmadge Bridge. Could have hit it at any time. Didn't know I was only like three miles, maybe two miles as the crow flies. But now you get up there and it's like, oh man, everything looks so different. You see, when God brings you higher and He gives you a revelation and you come up higher, all of your old previous thoughts and previous ideas and misconception is what you thought about God and what you thought about His Word, you have a whole new view. 
That's why when you talk to someone who's never been up in the air in a plane and you try to tell them and describe them, your, but your view from the sky, they just go, ah, yeah, yeah. Amen. I don't know about that. Amen. But once you've been up there and once you've experienced it and once you've tasted of it and once you've moved up in the air and you're no longer earthbound, Brother Brandon says, oh, he says the Pentecostals believe the baptism, the promise to you and your children. They put the chemicals, they moved out. Hallelujah. They moved out because they were able to accomplish stuff. Did you notice one of those scientific achievement accompanied the other one, complemented the other one? I know we read this last time, but I just want to cover it. The automobile was a higher form of transportation than the horse. And the airplane was a higher form of transportation than the automobile. But they accompanied one another. You didn't do away with one. Just because we received the baptism of the Holy Ghost doesn't mean you don't have to be justified and sanctified. Amen. And set aside for service. Right? And then when you receive the Holy Ghost, you're not set aside. You're put into service. Amen. What about the Holy Ghost? He says, notice the automobile is higher. They accompany one another. Horsepower. If that's horsepower, what about God power? What about the Holy Ghost and power? He says, what was it? Notice, skip on down to the bold part. They were spiritual scientists. They seen the thing. They believed it. Man did it by education. The natural science, the spiritual scientists done it by revelation. One by education, the other by revelation. Oh, if we can just open up, there's all kinds of material laying right there. But now, notice this. Next. But now, something else has happened. Amen. We got an astronaut now. John Glenn, our first astronaut. Found out that's so far above the airplane. Airplane can go, you know, you've had that view of the airplane. But when you get that astronaut view, man, it changes again. And it's similar to what you had when you were in the airplane. But in some ways, it's altogether different. You look at everything different. The Bible becomes a brand new book. And he says it's a greater power. I love this. That presses him so much higher than an airplane. Even it is it that's right. He's been able to do that. All right. Now we got a got an astronaut, a natural age. Notice you couldn't see it with your natural eyes. Next slide in the bold. You couldn't see it with your natural eyes. And it can go whether there's any pressure there or not. He can just go on out there because it's in a pressurized tank. He could go out there and sail around and see the worlds around an astronaut. Oh my, what an age that is coming. Yes, sir, go beyond any natural things at all and sweep plumb out into yonder. What does it represent? A spiritual age, a spiritual time where God's going to have spiritual astronauts. Amen. They're here right now. The eagles are there that can go beyond any other bird, sail above everything, spiritual astronauts that can take the word of God and prove that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. A spiritual astronaut. Glory. That makes me feel good living in this age. What a wonderful thing, a spiritual astronaut. Notice in the bold, he says, you become an astronaut that can go so far. Next slide. It's beyond denominational thinking. It's beyond anything else. It's beyond the things of the church. Out yonder with God and Him alone, you stay astronauts. It's different than everything else. It's different. Listen to me, friends. The message that came that we received was different 
than everything else previous and prior. This was what was it as a fulfillment. I don't have time nearly to cover it. We're just closing here, but I just want to come to one more point. This was the fulfillment of, of a biblical prophecy of the coming of the Lord. Do you realize that? You say, Brother Matt, was it the coming? Was it, there's still a physical corporal coming. Of course we believe that. But the stage of the, the rapture is in three phases, three stages. So the astronauts that would be launched, the people that would be launched out of the airplane and go and sail beyond this, the atmosphere into the stratosphere, beyond the Milky Way. What was it? It was a supernatural power. It was a supernatural message. It was not an intellectual message. It wasn't even an educated message. Message. It wasn't a scientific message. That might have been all right for another age and another anointing. When those men were under that man age, I'm sure they were college educated, educated, refined, eloquent, polished men. But this anointing wasn't going to be about polished and educated and sophisticated and scientific. Do you realize that? God, that's why God sent it to a Kentucky hillbilly who didn't have a, but a seventh grade education. Because why? God was not going to do it among the masses. He wasn't going to do it. It was going to be something altogether different. It was going to come to the illiterate. It was going to come to the simple. It was going to come to the humble. That was what it was representative. That's why Brother Branham was who he wasn't just so that we can ooh and all and say, oh, what a humble man. What a man. It was wonderful. Man of God was wonderful. There was a reason he was poor, came from a poor family. There was a reason he was uneducated. It was going to be a super, and when the Spirit of God poured out upon a group and in the book of Acts, it didn't come to the theologians. It didn't come to the educated. It came to simple people. Common people. It came to illiterate people. People that didn't understand. Brother Man, is there anything wrong with being smart? No, there's not anything wrong with it. Nothing whatsoever. I'm talking about what the Word of God did spiritually. Listen, friends, it wasn't the book of Acts was not filled with intellectual, sophisticated people. What was it? It wasn't going to be anything natural. It was going to be supernatural. And the educated mind can't understand, can't believe the supernatural. But the simple and the simple-minded, even the uneducated and the unilliterate, you read about the revival that came to the Azusa Street Pentecost. Read about the men that were, that this was a real move of God, the pouring out of the Spirit. It didn't come to find, refined. It wasn't Azusa Street. Church was not a refined church with a massive steeple, a brick building with white, uh, you know, shutters and, and beautiful, educated and people wearing suits and driving fancy cars. That's not where God poured out His Spirit. Right. It was on a dingy little dark place. Where there was illiterate people, it was on, it was on a, a place that everybody looked at in the town and thought, oh, what is that? That little hole in the wall church, that little nothing? That little, what is that little weirdo church on Mossy Oaks Road? Little something, that's, listen, it wasn't about the big steeples and the big churches and the big intellect and the big fancy scientific things. It was going to be a supernatural people, a supernatural word where a simple people could believe it and have supernatural faith. It was to the humble. 
Those men weren't in Azusa Street, weren't even educated. So you know what it does? And you take educated men, and they want some of that. And they start getting, Brother Brandon talks about this in the deceived church by the world. And he's, notice, I'm just going to read it here. Lord, you told me to, and I'm going to. Notice what, notice what Brother Brandon says here. Just give me just one minute to find, to find it here. <clears throat> Brother Brandon says, notice here. And he says, and I may not, I may read a few more than I than I than I need to, but that's all right. This is the second seal. He says, but notice, uh, I just want let me, just forgive me just for one moment. Let me make sure this is right. Yes, and he says here, he says, notice this white horse rider. Now, just background and a little bit in the seal. Notice the white horse rider. Remember, he wasn't Christ. That's what Brother Random had previously thought. Wasn't Christ. He says when he went out, he serves in three stages. Notice. The devil, as I proved to you the other night, is in a trinity just like God. But it's the same devil all the time in three stages. Notice his stages. In the first stage, he comes in. The Holy Ghost fell and people had everything in common. That's what the Bible, the book of Acts says. Hello, Bible readers. And they had all things in common. There were no big eyes. There were no little U's. Brother Adam talks about, oh, Brother Jones, Sister Jones. No, there was none of that. Everybody had all things in common. Socialism, (laughs) really. Everybody just gave, gave of of their own, gave of their own uh, 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 increase, gave to the church. The Spirit of God, notice this, fell upon them. And the apostles, I love this, I wish I had it here for you to read. And he says, and the Spirit of God fell among them. And the apostles went from house to house, breaking bread with people. And there was great science. Notice, he doesn't say they went to house to house pulling out the Greek and the, and the, and the books of theology. And, and notice over here in the scroll, notice, he went to them breaking bread to people. What was it about? It was about supernatural. A supernatural expectation. A supernatural work. He says he went, went and broke, broke bread. And there was a great signs and wonders. And the first thing you know, Satan began to cause a murmur to come up. Ah, that's his first stage. The first stage in the falling of the way of the original message started with complaining. And if that isn't exactly what started the falling away in our message, man, do we really got to dress like that? Do we really got, we really got to look like that? We really got to listen to that kind of preaching. We really got to teach that to our children. I mean, my, it was fine when my children were two and three and four, but now, Brother Matt, you know, they're teenagers. I really got to force those kind of, I got I to live like that. I mean, really, what did it start with? Yeah. Remember, Brother Brandon said it was came to those who stayed with the word. Yeah. And he says, notice this here. And he says, he says, it started with murmur. Then after a while, these slaves and the poor of the land, what received the Holy Ghost? They went out into different places testifying. Poor people, people that were slaves. They testified to their masters. And after a while, they begin to become all kinds of army captains and different things. And celebrity begin to see the gallantry and the miracles and the signs that these men had done. So they accepted Christianity. Don't let me lose you, please. And he says, notice the work of God went out. Then all the dignity seen it. They went back and told their slave masters. And I said, let me hear about this. Oh, it's miracles. Supernatural. So they received it. We accepted Christianity. 
When he embraced Christianity, notice this, he says here, well then, you see, when he embraced, embraced Christianity and go down there to a place where they're meeting in a little old, dark, dingy hall and clap their hands and shout and speak in oh, wow. tongues and getting messages, why he could never take that to his competitor. Notice immediately, intellectually. I, I see the miracle. I see the, fi I see the signs and wonders. I see the power of God. But would he go down there to that little dingy, dark place where they're clapping and, and shout, people shouting and speaking in tongues? And he says, notice, he'd never believe it like that. Not that he wouldn't believe it. He just wouldn't want to believe it like that. Notice they didn't go, oh, you know what? I accepted it, but now I see what it's producing. <laughs> Not for me. No, 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 no. What does the devil do? He hybrids it. He says, I'll take all the this and I'll leave out the that. And I want all of this, but I don't want any of that. And I'll take some of this, but I don't want any of that. I want a cultured, polished, nice feel-good vibes in my church. Nice feel-good sermons. You know why? Because people with itching ears want that. But there's a humble little group of people who've been anointed by the supernatural. That says, I'm not looking for the fancy. I'm not looking for the big steeples. I want the supernatural anointing of God. I want the power of God. I want the reality of Jesus. Oh, how many can raise a hand and say, that's what I'm expecting. That's what I'm looking for, Lord. Doesn't matter if it's got to be in a dingy little place where people are shouting and speaking in tongues and dancing. I'm not going to be ashamed of it. It's who I am. I've got my identity here. This is all that I am. I can't fit in in the world. This is the only place among the only people that I fit in. It's the only group that I'm comfortable around. Why? Because I've been translated. I've got a supernatural anointing. Hallelujah. They begin to get together and to think, now we'll form something a little different. Jesus, right immediately after the first church age, he told them in the second chapter of Revelations, I have somewhat against you because these deeds of the Nicolaitans, Nico conquer the laity. In other words, they want me to make, instead of everybody be one, they want me to make some holy fella. They wanted to make some kind, they put in pattern after paganism for what they had come from. They finally done it. Now watch, first Nicolaitan, the Nicolaitan was called in the Bible Antichrist because it was against the original doctrine of Christ. And the apostles, what sinful man could there be today that could look in the face of the Bible and see if the Holy Spirit isn't the interpreter of the word today, making himself known by manifestations of promises, of the gifts, and the things he promised to do in this day, Malachi 4 being fulfilled, all the rest of the scriptures being fulfilled. And see, we're right at the end time. You don't need any man to interpret it. No, sir, it interprets itself. It proves it's the message of the hour. Yes. What was it to bring a supernatural? Why did we read Galatians chapter 3? Back to our text and we'll close. Oh, you foolish Galatians. Are you so foolish? Listen to me. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit... This is how the, the church started. Yeah. This is how God began. This is your, your, your origin. This is your genesis. Yeah. And it starts in the spirit. And you think that now you can become perfected by the flesh? It's the same exact reason 
why churches today are ashamed of Jehovah of the Old Testament. They love Jesus of the new, the Jesus that loves and, and forgives. I love that Jesus too. But I want all of the gospel. I don't just want his care. Some, of, some, some story somebody told me. I wanted Paul said to know him and the power of his resurrection. They, they're ashamed. It's an embarrassment. It's, it's an embarrassment. I'm preaching to you on anointed by the supernatural. The supernatural is an embarrassment to them. It's an embarrassment. So they turn their churches into feel-good comfort zones where sin is never mentioned and people's dress and how they live and people's consciences are dulled. Listen to me, friends. It's the same exact way the intellectual mind without a burning bush experience will always view the message as rules, regulations, and codes, and bondage. You've got to have a burning bush experience. It's the same way the intellectually minded man will always, always, always take the way of Cain. Always accept the way of worship that's beautiful and pretty and reject the blood and the bloody mess because it's an embarrassment. I'm closing. How are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, and are now made perfect by the flesh. Let me say this as I wrote it down as the Lord just inspired me. Are we so foolish in the message of the hour? Having begun in the supernatural, are we now made perfect by the natural? Is it about a, a, perform, a pressure to perform? Is it about our performance of how we check off everything that we did this week and, and we do this week? Listen, friends, you say, Brother Matt, I would, I, you know, I, I, I'm not, I, I'm with you here. You know, Brother Matt, I, I don't believe it's by natural. You know, I don't believe it's by intellect. I'm not talking about that. Do we believe that it's up to us to perfect us? Do we believe that it's some behavior that we learn or that we live every day? And if we, we're a good boy long enough... And suddenly we'll have a body change. Listen, if you started in the supernatural, then the body change will have to be the same way. It'll have to be nothing that you've done apart from yourself. It'll have to be grace that saved you and grace that changes your body. Are we so foolish having begun in the supernatural? And now we're made perfect by the natural. Having begun, I wrote this, having begun... The message of the hour to a simple, uneducated, illiterate, seventh grade education. Having begun in the old time religion with snotting and crying and screaming and pouring out our hearts to God on an altar. Now we're going to finish with a cultured, refined, dry-eyed people? Not here. No. If it started that way, it's got to finish that way. It's a deceived church by the word, and I don't want to be deceived. I want to say, Lord, you've started us in the spirit. Let our church finish in the spirit. I've started with the supernatural. How many can raise a hand? Stand to your feet and say, Lord, I want to finish with a supernatural expectation. I want to believe for miracles. I want to believe for wonders. I want to believe for signs that follow the believer. I want to believe in the real baptism of the Holy Ghost that gives an experience that changes that person. Musicians, it's a definite, real experience. And I told that young person the other night, I said, it may not be shouting. You may, you may not, you may not. 
jump. You may. You may not dance. You may. But here's what will happen. You know something. Something got a hold of you. And it's changed you. It's changed you from this creature, from that creature. Brother Adam says, here, come. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll save that. Let me not read that. Bow your heads with me if you could. Just play something if you could, Sister Ruth. Oh. Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit are now made perfect by the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit now made perfect by the flesh? He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you. Doth he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Know you therefore that they which are faith the same are the children of Abraham. We are the children of faith. I want to say, Lord, let me be a child of faith. How many could raise a hand? Say, Lord, let me be a child born of the supernatural. Let me be, Lord, not just how I was born, but let me live my life under an anointing for a purpose, an anointing. Listen, those things got to be transferred as we preached on the expectation that was upon Brother Branham's heart right before he passes away has to be the same expectation that's transferred to the bride. That same expectation, not to see an intellectual, not to see just a a dry-eyed confession, but to see a real, living, moving spirit that has free reign and freedom in His people and in His church. How many could say, I want that for me? I want that for my family. I want that for my life. Listen to what Brother Branham says here. And I don't want you to just keep your head bowed, every eye closed. This is the message in what house will you build me in November 21st, just a few days. Now it's November 9th, 1965. I know that each of you, if you feel like I do, I am so hungry to see the Spirit of God moving. I wonder if that just resonate with someone's heart here tonight. Brother Branham's prayer. He says, I know that each one of you, if you feel like I do, I am so hungry to see the Spirit of God moving. I just can't hardly stand it. I'm raising my hand saying, that's what I'm hungry for, Lord. I'm so hungry to see the Spirit of God moving that I just can't hardly stand it. Sometimes some experiences I've had just up in the mountain just to feel that once again. That's something that when I first was saved was so glorious in my heart. And we can come into a place, we can sit, and we can see it among us, that we're drying. As we sit here in the desert, I get among my brethren, they talk with me, and I talk with them always in a little way of watching, filling out there with the Spirit as it was to see the condition of the brother, to see what's wrong. I begin to feel us all reclining, getting away from the Spirit. Oh God, let it not be us. He says, I begin to feel us reclining, It's become too natural a thing to us. My goodness. Every head bowed, every eye closed. When I read those words, I thought, Lord, don't let me be guilty 
Don't let me, I'm raising my hand, say, Lord, don't let me be guilty of reclining back, getting away from the Spirit. Don't let it become such a natural thing to us. Brother Branham says we must worship in the Spirit where the Spirit of God is. Not only our message should be the flame of the hour, it should be the flame of our hearts. Oh, did you hear that? It's not just the message of the hour. It's the message of my heart. It's the message of my cry. It's it's who I am, Lord. Let it resonate from the deepest part of my being. It's got to be in our hearts. Lord, let it be, Jesus. I raise my hand up, Lord. I'm just going to stop here. Raising my hands up, Lord, with all of these people. I've preached it, waited on you, and inspired of you, Lord, to say what you wanted to say. Now, Lord God, I believe that you've said these things for a reason. May they find, may it, may that word come, Lord, to, to where it was meant to come to. Let it find that heart, Lord, and connect. Let that heart open up right now. Let go of every hindrance. Let go of, unclog every channel. Forget all doubt. Forget all, all, all fear and any kind of conception. Let it just be straight from you. Not even from me, Lord. Let that spirit speak directly to that heart here tonight, Lord. Let us, Jesus, have a supernatural expectation. I pray that we'd come into these doors on Sunday. Every time we gather and assemble, let us come with a supernatural anointing. Lord, let our music and our worship be a supernatural anointing. Let us, Lord, it's going to take, as your prophet said, oh God, let there be such a crave inside of me for it. Let there be such a desire and such a hunger and such a thirst. I believe, Lord, I'm not the only one praying that. I got my hands raised. I believe there's a whole body of believers, those that are online, those that are here, saying, Lord, make me to crave after it. Make me to crave after it, Lord. Your prophet said uh, we've got to have faith for, for a body change. We've got to have supernatural faith. It's got to be a greater faith. It's got to be greater than anything that we've ever had and a greater anointing than a church anointing, a greater anointing than our our history or our past. It's got to be something greater that charges our faith. Your prophet said that those angels are here to supernaturally charge our faith. I raise my hand and say, Lord, send your angels to charge our young people. Send your angels to charge our families. Send your angels to energize our faith. To energize us, Lord, to believe for the supernatural God. As we've seen you heal a man of stage four cancer. Seen Sister Brenda healed of cancer. We've seen the dead spiritually raised in our church. Let it give every single one of us faith to believe for anything faith to believe for the impossible let it be Jesus how we need it Lord how we need it God Lord how we need it so much in this hour that supernatural charge of the Holy Ghost raise my hand and say Lord charge my faith right now wonder if you could do that with a hand raised you could say charge my faith right now Lord charge my faith of the charge my family let there be a supernatural charge in my home let it be amongst my children let it be amongst our young people lord let it be a supernatural charge we expect it lord we expect it lord jesus for there's nothing impossible for you lord nothing impossible for you lord nothing too great is you told abraham is anything too hard for the lord Whatever you're asking here tonight, friend, we're going to pray here in a minute. You just raise that hand up. Is anything too hard for the Lord? 
uh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna encourage you here tonight because the Lord came to me just an hour before I came over here to preach. The Lord spoke to me just in a special way. And he said, just remind the people, don't give up on your miracle. Don't give up on that supernatural you've been waiting for. You might have prayed for it for years. You might have been expecting it and given a promise for it. Uh, God's just here to remind you. He doesn't forget his promises. He's not here to forget his word. Don't give up on your miracle. It's on the way. Don't give up on it. Don't lose faith. Hold on to it. Raise a hand and say, Lord, I'm going to hold on to it tonight. It's a promise, Lord, and I'm reaching out to take a hold of it by supernatural faith. The supernatural anointing, Lord, you spoke that for somebody. And I pray they won't miss it here tonight. You spoke that for somebody, Lord. Don't give up on your miracle. Don't let go of it. Don't let the devil try to, re, try to re, re, rewrite it, re-narrate it. God's going to do it the same way he spoke it. He's going to do it the same way he promised it. Just exactly as he promised it. If you won't doubt it, God's going to perform that miracle in, in your life. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. That's my prayer, Lord. That's my prayer, Lord Jesus. You deserve the glory. Could we sing that? You deserve the honor. You are great. You do miracles so great. The glory and the honor. And the honor. Oh, could you raise your hands and sing it now? Lord, Lord I lift my hands in worship. As I lift your holy name. As I lift your holy you deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, I lift. Lord, I lift my hands in worship as I praise your holy name. For you are great. Yes, Lord. So great, yes, Jesus. There's, There's no, no one else, else like you. Like you. Oh, there is no one. There is no one else like you. For you are great. You do miracles so great. There's no For you are great, you do miracles so great, there is no one else like you, oh there is no one else like you, for you are great, you do miracles so great, yes We want to have prayer for him. 
He says, I've had two full days of rest and was doing better <clears throat> during the day, but it seems as night comes along, the coughing starts and continues for a couple hours, trying to come on me now. This is when he texted this, but I'm fighting against it. We're going to fight with our brother Jason over there on the mission field. We're going to believe for him. Caleb Buckman praying for God to move mightily in tonight's service. I have a prayer request that the Lord helps me find a job. I have a specific number in mind and I'd like to reach hourly, that I'd like to reach hourly. And God told us to be specific. So many expectations are high. You have a supernatural expectation, Brother Caleb. Amen. Tonight. Sister Melissa, please hold Brother Chris uh, St. John. Here he is tonight in prayer and moves quickly on an urgent request for him. We're going to pray for you tonight, Brother Chris. Please keep Sister Peggy. Uh, Whitehead in prayer. She's taking a new pain medication that is making her really nauseous. Please pray the Lord moves on her behalf. Sister Jean, my grandmother needing prayer tonight for back pain. Sister Becky, how to shell and Brother Josiah. Brother Joe's here tonight, but his family's at home still sick with the sickness wave that came through. I want to lift them up. Brother Jack, <clears throat> guest, me and Sister Kathy will be streaming service. Tell the whole church uh, to really pray sincerely for Brother Jack and Sister Kathy that the boss's daughter is taking me to court. She thinks all my commission's earnings was there, but that ain't the agreement between me and her dad and his former partner. We're going to believe, Brother Jack. And then we're going we're gonna to call upon the name of the Lord for you tonight. Already seen God do a miracle. Sister Martha, my sister-in-law says, please pray for Dan Dotto. He is the husband of a dear friend of mine. He has a seizure disorder, which he has been getting increase has been getting increasingly worse. He has been on a trial drug for a while, which was helping, but now it has gotten really bad, where he is having many seizures a day, causing him to fall. He cannot be left alone, but uh, but she has to work to support the family. They're a real Christian family, and are seeking prayer. They're in a desperate situation. Their youngest daughter also has major health problems, including seizures. Please pray that God will heal both of them and help them through this trial. Amen. I just want to make sure there's no more that have came in. Maybe you have something unspoken upon your heart. We're going to just lift that up before the Lord. Now I want you to put the hand over on that person beside you. Let's just bind together in faith. Lord Jesus, we've just preached about a supernatural God. We've just preached about a supernatural anointing. Lord, and now we come, Father, with real needs and real requests. Lord, things that are plaguing and afflicting your family. Too many, Lord, to call out each one. Father, we've already called them out. Lord, and we've read them before these people. We've read them before you, Lord, and that we've, we've mentioned their names, Lord, and they've went out into the atmosphere. Now, God, we've, we're, we have our head bowed, we have our eyes closed, and we're using our voices to enter into another dimension. Lord, one unlike this one, Father, and we're seeking, Lord, promises that you've made in your word to come and be manifest in these people's lives, Lord. Where there's healing needed, may you bring it, Lord Jesus. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can do the impossible, Lord. We have just faith just to raise our hands and say, Lord, we believe for the impossible. We believe for the things that the doctors have given up hope. We believe for those that have taken medicines and they've stopped working. We believe in a supernatural God would come by a supernatural word and anointed with supernatural faith. And come and make it real, Lord, to your family, Lord Jesus. To each one sick, Lord, each one of the needs that we've had here tonight. Lord, I pray, God, you'd meet them in your own special way. For you are great, Lord. You do miracles so great. There's no one else like you, Lord. Father, I pray, Lord, as we 
Lord, uh, sing this song. Let it be from our hearts, Lord. Let it be from the deepest part of our, of our being, Lord, that we can testify you are great. And Lord, because of that, you deserve all the glory. I raise my hands and say you deserve all the glory and all the praise. Yes, Jesus. Oh, you deserve the glory. Sing it, Brother Tony. You deserve the glory. Yes, Lord Jesus. And the honor. We're going to let you go. Just let's sing this before we're dismissed. Could you raise Lord, a hand to the Lord Jesus? My hands He's worthy of As I yes, Lord. your holy name. You deserve the glory. Yes, Jesus. And the honor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I lift our hands in worship as we praise your holy name.
As we praise your holy name for you. 